Welcome again to Sustainababble, Sustainababble 2. Ooh, we made it. We made it. We made it. We're getting stronger all the time. <laughs> uh, I'm Dave. And I'm Ollie. Uh, I'm in the People's Republic of North Somerset, looking out on a surprisingly, suspiciously sunny morning. Well, it's sunny here too, um, but I, I don't think suspiciously. It's always sunny in Loughborough Junction, London's mm. finest mm. Um, area. Uh, yeah, is it? Is it? Is it? Is it really London's finest area? Yes. All right. So this is Sustainable. It's your weekly podcast uh, by environmentalists, me and him, uh, who don't know really what we're doing and uh, offering our arms for you to fall into if you don't know what you're doing either. Um, (laughs) We do work for environmental charities, but really be assured this is our own personal, our own personal views. Um, so you should take them with a pinch of salt and, by, for heaven's sake, complain to us, not to anyone else, <laughs> if we've done anything wrong at all, which we probably will. Definitely. Sustainable of the week. Hooray! What's this then? This week, it is, it's a good one. It's a short one. It's a good one. It's Quadrilla. Do you know who they are? Uh, yeah, Big Lizard took over Tokyo in the 1950s. Exactly. Oh, no, that's the other one, isn't it? That's Godzilla. Quadrilla, good name is um, everyone's favourite fracking company. Oh, uh, I've, I don't know. I've got a, quite a long list of favourite fracking companies. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. they're my favourite. Um, and they're the sort of figurehead for the whole drive for fracking in the UK, and they've got a, a nasty sort of superhero um, foil of a, of a leader called Francis oh. Egan, and it's all deliciously evil. Oh. And um, Francis and Egan is a story. splendid Bond villain name, isn't it? Isn't it? It really is, yeah. I, th- I think he nibbles on his little finger and spins round in a chair and strokes the cat. <laughs> Very good. What's fracking, Ollie? What's fracking? Well, fracking is the latest attempt to find um, fossil fuels that we can burn for energy. And these ones are, it's gas which is tied up in rock miles beneath the earth and you explode the rock with chemicals and sand and water and get the gas out and um, hopefully burn it. You do what? It. You explode the rock and get the gas out? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I mean, there's a lot of reasons not to like it. One is the sheer bonkersness of it. You drill a hole about a mile down, then you turn it round 90 degrees and send it about a mile across all the time trying to explode the rock around it because trapped in this rock is little bits of gas. And um, you hope that that gas then is released and comes all the way up your your massive U-bend to the surface and you burn it. Sort of like colonic irrigation sort of idea. So you, 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 <laughs> yeah. you're getting really very deep underneath the skin of the problem and trying to force out exactly. the thing that you want. Yes? I think really all Francis Egan wants to do is give the planet's gut a good clean. <laughs> this week, Quadrilla wants to get the go-ahead to frack in Lancashire. And that would be a pretty big deal if they do. It's three years since there's been any fracking anywhere in the UK and there's a big decision coming up. However, the planning report uh, that came out this week said that probably shouldn't be let through. This angered Mr. Regan, mm. you know, he wants yeah. to frack. Yeah. And uh, so they, they've applied for a, an extension to the decision, basically because they don't like what's been recommended for that decision. And in that application, they've said some, some really 
quite lovely things. Um, in a statement, Quadrilla said, lessening the impact of our proposed operations on local residents is important to us. Oh, that's good. They sound like a very nice fracking company. Yeah, I mean, I, I would suggest if they really want to lessen the impacts on local residents, they shouldn't drill for a mile underneath their home and then do controlled explosions underneath their home with mm. chemicals and, and sand and water that we know little about and don't know how to dispose of. But I suppose there are other ways of lessening the impact. Yeah, like buggering off. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the, the best thing about it is it's my absolute favourite thing I've seen this week. So the reason the planning inspectors um, uh, suggested that it, this permission shouldn't be given is because of noise and traffic, right? Mm-hmm. And so like quadrilla- building the fracking rig and taking all the fracking. Stuff well, the traffic. Yeah, the traffic is. You've got lots. You've got loads of heavy goods vehicles driving to and from the site every day. And the drilling itself will be 24 hours for months yeah. at a time. Oh, and um, yeah. so they've said it's going to be unacceptably noisy. So Quadrilla have, have gotten a bit of a panic and said, we'll change it, we'll change it. And they're suggesting bringing it down from 42 decibels to 39 decibels. I don't really know what that means, but they say... I can tell you, because I'm looking at it right now, that the volume I am speaking at at this precise moment is not a million miles away from that. Uh, so well, there you go. So basically, imagine you're just imagine you're in your bed, you're all tucked in, and you're trying to sleep, and I am leaning over you, talking in your ear. Oh, stop it! Imagine that. <laughs> trying not to. Imagine it. <laughs> Twenty-four hours me. a day. Twenty-four hours a day. Imagine it. Just going, Ollie, 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 frack, 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 frack. Right, so fracking, right? Well, gas is better than not gas, right? So if we have to have some gas, which is better than not gas, isn't it better that that gas is our gas? Hang on, why is, why is not gas bad? Well, because, like, coal is bad, right? This is, this is oh, my... Oh, come on. Right? Are you going to do, are you gonna do the, the coal, coal versus gas thing? Well, I'm not. I'm just telling you what people like Mr. Regan have said, right? All so... Right. Is that okay? So gas is better than coal. True or false? True or false? Is that right? On carbon, yeah. If you've got if you've got a bunch of the two things to burn, yeah, and you had to burn one of them, someone had a gun to your head, yeah, then I'd say burn the gas. Yeah, right. So then, uh, and is our gas better than Mr. Putin's gas? Well, I haven't been in close enough vicinity of Mr. Putin to know what his <laughs> gas is like, but I don't imagine it's for the sake pleasant. of argument. Say, but this, yeah. this is the whole point. This is the argument, and you're trying to drag me onto exactly the wrong territory to be having this debate because there is not a fracking company in the world, and there's not a fossil fuel company in the world who is going to say, "Tell you what, we promise that for every little bit of gas we burn, we will ensure that someone else doesn't burn coal." That is not how it works. And the whole point of the fracking argument is that at a time when we need to be doing everything we can to stop burning fossil fuels, the last thing you want to be doing is saying, do you know what, how about we set up an entire new industry around the extraction of a new one, an industry that's going to be pretty keen to keep itself going for, I don't know, 20, 30 years. It's, 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 it's not looking at itself in the context of efforts to tackle climate change. It's looking at itself in the context of how can we make the most of this new resource and get rich off it because the other thing i've been reading this week is about the oil price which as everyone knows has uh, fallen through the floor and as i understand it the oil price 
the lower the oil price is, the less attractive it is to frack anyway, because fracking is quite expensive, right? This drilling under people's houses and blowing up their rocks uh, and scooping out the sludge and then minimising the impact on people of all of that, that's quite an expensive business, right? It's, yeah, especially in a country where there are quite a lot of people in quite a small space. Yeah. Because you've got to sort of be quite careful that you don't blow them up or keep them awake 24-7 with your lorries and stuff. So all of, all of the stuff which they try to do to minimise that is, is very expensive. So you've got those two things coming together. You've got the people uh, don't want it. And it is, it's massively unpopular, isn't it? I mean, if you consider the, the scale of the effort that the UK government has put into trying to persuade people fracking is good, people are steadfastly refusing to accept that fracking is good. So is it only something like a quarter of people in the government's own survey said they support fracking? Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. And, if, and if, you, if you put a slightly more nuanced question to people, like... Um, we're going to need some new sources of energy, um, which would you prefer near your house? Um, things like wind turbines come considerably higher than things like fracking rigs. So, you know, it's, yeah. even when you put it in its correct context of what, where are we going to get our energy from, um, at that stage it becomes even less popular. So people don't want it. The economics are looking a bit ropey as well. Um, so why is government pushing it through? What's going on? What's their... I mean, I was looking at some other stuff this week about North Sea oil and gas. So, you know, the stuff out in the in the UK continental shelf where the it's been getting... There's less and less of it there. It's more and more expensive to get it out. And the inevitable has happened. So this week, George Osborne's issued a consultation on permanently cutting the rate of tax to get oil and gas out of the North on, Sea. On what? On doing what? Well, so your oil and gas companies up in the North Sea, yeah, they pay tax good they moan about it obviously they want tax cuts obviously but considering they're basically being given free stuff and allowed to sell it for massive amounts of cash they can pay their tax and (laughs) shut up as far as i'm concerned um but anyway they want less tax because it's getting more and more expensive and the oil price is falling and even though the amount of tax you pay has actually got very little to do with the the oil price which is the fundamental thing that affects whether it's worth it. They've managed to persuade... Get this, right? So George Osborne uh, issued a consultation this week which has said, uh, we asked the industry what sort of tax cuts we want uh, and so we've proposed them and the industry wanted us to make it happen really fast so we fast-tracked it and now we're going to consult with the industry as to whether or not they agree with what we're proposing. I think he needs to pay a little bit more attention to what the industry are saying and what they want. It sounds like he's completely ignoring their wishes. And this is so whatever you look at, fracking or North Sea oil or whatever it is, there's this massive kind of disconnect going on, isn't there, with our with our leaders, particularly, you know, and this is not just a UK thing. If you look around the world, they say big highfalutin stuff on climate change and how it's a massive deal. But yet they are trying to get I mean, Osborne wants to get, quote, every drop of North Sea oil and gas. And presumably that extends to fracking as well so they see no disconnect between trying to get as much fossil fuel out as they possibly can whilst also saying it's very important that we don't burn lots of fossil fuel Um, and in economics you call that sort of thing reveal preferences don't you like it's not what their words that really matter it's what they actually do and there was a classic example of that in in sort of micro this week with um with davos do you know about davos uh yeah he's the 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 warty guy lives inside a dalek that's right, yeah. And also the um, the snowy place in Switzerland where rich people go to pat each other on the back every year. Oh, right. um, I, th- I think that's the tagline of the conference. But yeah, it's the World bunch Economic... Of, bunch of bankers. That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, World Economic Forum. Uh, been going for 40 years or so and the powerhouses of, of economics and politics turn up and talk about things which um, 
or whatever comes to mind, really. This week, this year, they've been talking about climate change a bit, and there's been all sorts of bold statements saying, you know... It's a good thing, I suppose, right? Yeah, oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. Good, good that these people are talking about climate change. Whilst they're talking about it, and, it, and they're very much saying it's, um, you know, it's our mission to um, protect the planet and hand it on to the next generation in the better state than we got it. All mm-hmm. good stuff. There's a need to do stuff about climate change and, um, and address biodiversity loss. While they're doing that, 1,700 private jets were used to get them all there. Well, they can't take the train, can they? So there obviously is a slight contradiction there between the whole wanting to do something about climate change and, and filling the air with private jets. Uh, and they're doing it on species loss as well, talking about how important it is to decline, uh, reverse the decline in species loss while reversing the decline, while, while very much increasing the decline in sturgeon loss because they're covering blinis in sturgeon and shoving it in their gobs. It's absurd. <laughs> Oh, this is making me want to sling myself under the number 45 bus. Can we have a reason to be cheerful, please? Yeah, let's do one. Um, Cambridge United, nil. Manchester United, nil. Uh, which one of the... Which is, which is you, Cambridge? Cambridge, yeah. It was a beautiful, beautiful evening of, of total uh, lack of goldmouth action and, and joy in my heart. Very good. Well, let's try a reason to actually be cheerful. Oh, look, I've got one. I know we've just been talking about uh, how politicians are all sturgeon-quaffing hypocrites, but I did take a bit of sucker from the President of the Free World, Mr Barack Obama, an all-round hunk, uh, using a big <laughs> chunk of his State of the Union address to uh, talk about climate change. That was quite That was quite good. What um, did he say? He, well, he said, you know, massive problem, climate change, blah, 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 bad. But he used some specific... He made it a kind of immediate threat to the American people, talking about the health of kids being endangered by it and it being a national security issue because the military would have to go and fight wars that have been caused by climate change and all that sort of stuff. Um, And, you know, his ability to... He's staking... He's got a couple of years left. He's staking... He's, he's now at the point of just trying to get big projects through, trying to sort of position America in a better way. He can't necessarily do a lot about a lot of this stuff, uh, not least because of the Republicans who just sat there stony-faced and watched him as if he'd just been sick all over himself and was threatening <laughs> to hug their mothers. <laughs> well, they've, they've had a bit of a bad, bad week of it, really, on the whole climate front, the Republicans. Um, okay. I don't know if you picked up that there was a sense of the Senate vote Mm. Um, and you could just imagine how the American cable news networks went to town on the graphics for that. Um, so but, what, what sense does the Senate have? Well, apparently not quite enough. Um, so, so there were a series of votes, and uh, most of them put forward by Democrats. Uh, they did concede that climate change is happening. That Senate, the senators as a whole um, agreed that that was happening. Oh, good. However, good. Um, good. They've read the most widely peer-reviewed uh, document in the history of science, all 2,500 pages of the IPCC's uh, assessment report, have they then? Oh, I'm sure they've read every single last word of it, yeah, yeah. and the footnotes. Um, however, there were a few amendments to, um, to these, these series of votes, um, one of which uh, said that essentially humans were, were not... Um, well, the, the, the proposal was that uh, humans are contributing to the changing climate. And uh, there's some really good quotes, um, including by a chap called Inhoff, or Inhof, oh, him, who yeah. said, uh, the hoax is that there are some people who are so arrogant to think that they are so powerful, they can change climate. Man can't change climate. So that's, you know... Oh, that's, that's me told. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good. So they had a good old vote on uh, on whether climate change can be attributed to human activity, um, and 
it uh, it fell 59 votes to to 40 because uh, the republicans don't think it can be so that's that's right. So my reason to be cheerful has gone down to Kazi fairly quickly then. Um, so I'm not cheerful anymore. Sorry. It's all right. And while we're on the subject then of people who think climate change is a massive hoax, uh, what about our beastly person, our beastly rotter, awful cad, terrible person of the week? A piece of work of the week. A piece of work of the week. I'm going to. I give you Viscount Christopher Monckton of UKIP, one of the most extraordinary people, quite aside from anything else in the entire world. Uh, This is the guy who reckons he's cured herpes, claimed to have advised Margaret Thatcher on climate change, even though there's no evidence that he did, um, and thinks that homosexuals have sex with 20,000 people in the course of their lifetime, and keeps banging on about being a member of the House of Lords, even though the House of Lords are really quite insistent that he isn't a member of the House of Lords. Wow. Yeah. And he's What's also, he well, he's also a uh, a climate change sceptic, shall we say. I don't think he thinks it's not a real thing, but he thinks it's uh, exaggerated. And one of the reasons why is because he appears to have a very simple level of understanding of stuff, right? So climate change <laughs> is one of the most complicated things to get your head around, right? It, you're talking about the entire yeah. planet and all the yeah. chemistry and all the biology and the physics and the interaction of those things over massive timescales and everything affecting everything else. And there's a reason why the, uh, the IPCC, the UN, you know, the reason why these big reports are so big and why so many people feed into them and why they take so long to do and why they sometimes, you know, get stuff wrong because this stuff is fast-moving and complicated. But what it isn't is amenable to a bloke sitting down with Microsoft Excel filling out a few coddles and saying there you are that that that's better but that's what he's done him and a couple <laughs> of chums it. fixed it I reckon they fixed it and they've in the daily mail this week you could have read about his new model which is quote irreducibly simple by taking out most of the complicated assumptions about how climate change actually happens because they just you know get in the way um, and instead uh, providing something that quote a high school student can rig up on a pocket calculator which shows surprise surprise that climate change isn't as bad as all that actually and it's been massively overblown well that's that's a relief isn't it it's i you know all of those scientists have been wasting their time yeah it's what like an idiot i mean what, uh, what the hell does he think he's doing what does he think he's doing uh, if i right let's say i try and rig up a model of uh the way the world works and i can't get my head around gravity because it's too hard or magnetism which i actually think is evil and weird anyway and so i take those things out i take gravity out of my equation i can then prove comprehensively using my simple microsoft excel spreadsheet that man can fly <laughs> yeah so yeah. what so predictions for the week. Um, we made a prediction last week. You did. I did, yeah. yeah. And it was that a nasty bill, the infrastructure bill, was going to get voted through. Mm. Um, depending on when this podcast has actually gone out, that may have been the case. But it's going to be voted on Monday. We're recording this on a Friday, so I'm, I'm taking a pass on that one. Right, so, okay, so it hasn't happened yet. Although, couldn't you use that as basically, so I could make any prediction ever, couldn't I? And then just say, depending when you listen to this, this may or may not actually have happened. <laughs> there is an actual debate in Parliament and a vote um, in Parliament on Monday. And um, and this is the same day that this right. podcast will go out. So it's a little okay, little more so tighter was, reality. So we're still at nil-nil then, just like Cambridge and Majesty United <laughs> on that one. Uh, Result. Do you want to make a prediction, or is it my turn? Why don't you have another go? Given I'll have another go. This is going to happen. Well, <laughs> I say that it might not. Big decision on fracking. We were talking a little bit about it earlier. Yeah. Um, in Lancashire, the council are going to decide whether or not to give um, 
Dr. Evil, Francis Egan and his crew, uh, the go-ahead to frack the hell out of Lancashire. To underfrack Lancashire. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and the reason it's important is because the whole shale gas industry is essentially waiting to see whether or not um, a precedent is set for, uh, for this stuff going ahead. There is a decision due on Wednesday and Thursday. However, uh, Mr. Regan has put in for this this uh, delay to take place so that he can sort out his noisy trucks and make it only as bad as sleeping next to a fridge and Dave shouting frack at me every night. So if he gets his way, that that decision might be delayed. So what's the prediction? Oh, yeah. Um, I... <laughs> I predict, all right, I'm going to put my neck on the line here, I predict Dr. Doctor Evil is not going to get his way. I think the planners are going to go, screw you, this is when we're going to make our decision. You had your chance to sort out the noise stuff and you didn't. Um, I, hope I'm, I hope I'm right, actually. So that was Sustainable 2. Uh, this, this time, time it's personal. personal. Oh dear. Um, we need to make the usual. <laughs> need to make the usual thanks. Thanks to the wonderful Dickie Moore for our for our theme music. Uh, thanks thank to you, Dickie. thank you Dickie. Thank you to all of you for listening. Thank you to iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. All of the places you can now subscribe to and listen to our we podcast as well as the website of course sustainababble.fish um, and to twitter for letting us have at the babble wagon so you can keep in touch with us and let us know what you thought of the show yeah tweet us your your rotters of the week or any other particularly good sustainababble and drop us a line on sustainababble at yahoo.com if you want to say something not in public yeah, and if you like us uh do whatever your chosen podcast medium is do please take a minute to give us a rate and uh, a quick review because it does make all the world a difference in terms of people listening to us and finding out about us okay well we will see you next week see you next week have a good few days bye. oh you too dad bye Bye.